3: to hear a revolution in talk radio, Liberty Talk Radio, where the critical thinking will defrag your mind of propaganda-ridden viruses induced by mass
0: media news programming. No BS here, just the facts. And now we present to you America's quintessential iconoclastic anomaly. Wow. In talk radio, your host, Joe Cristiano.
2: Welcome, everyone, to Liberty Talk Radio, America's libertarian voice, broadcasting from our studio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to around the world. I'm your host, Joe Cristiano, and this is your antidote to popular talk radio. Folks, it's time for us to take control of our government. Now, before this bureaucratic, oversized, self-serving federal government starves us of our property, our freedom, our rights, and our liberty. But to do this, we must shed conventional thinking regarding our political structure, we need to be revolutionaries in thought, dissidents in action. Only after we recognize what our government is doing to our freedom and our Constitution will we start taking it back. And this program is just about that. Today, we're pleased and honored to have as a returning guest, the economist Andy Sutton. Andy was formerly with the financial community. However, now he's involved with the sole purpose of blowing the whistle on corruption and helping people around the globe become their own advocates. During our live broadcast, we'd like you to call in with your questions or comments of Andy or myself, but I'd rather you ask Andy because he's smarter than I am, 646-652-4620. It's there on the screen, 646-652-4620. You can just listen, or if you want to break in and, uh, and make a comment and to join our conversation or ask a question, press the one button. Your, your phone number will key up on our screen, and we'll know that you want to ask a question. And then we can let you in, okay? Andy, welcome
4: back to Liberty Talk Radio. Joe, it's a pleasure to be here as always. And uh, you're way too modest. You're a lot smarter than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> I, I got, I got
2: my, my my fan club here today. You know, I, yeah, I, I own
4: both money, so that's why they're clapping.
2: You know that. <laughs> Twenty bucks to clap. <laughs> well, Andy, you had mentioned in an email that you wanted to talk about. Actually, it's. It's a favorite subject of mine, believe it or not. I don't talk about it much, but apathy and learned helplessness. And I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm going to make you expound on that because I complain about that only about nine times a day. I'm slowing down in my old age. Please tell me, what do you mean by that? I thought it was more
4: like 900. I'm but... <laughs> Probably the, closest to the truth. I can put it very simply. The average person just doesn't care about any of this stuff that we're talking about. Um, they've been led to believe by media, government, et cetera, et cetera. And this is a global issue for the most part that they can't understand is because it's too complicated when, when, in fact, it's common sense. Right. But the problem is that common sense isn't so common anymore. Right. So people just, they don't care. So there's, there's apathy. And then, what you also hear is, well, you know, I really don't like this, but there's nothing I can do about it. And that's that's the learned helplessness kind of thing. You know, and it's a psychological term. But, I mean, really, when you think about it, economics is really the the study of you know, when you, it gets down to it, the human mind. Why we make decisions for, you know, buying and selling, allocating, whatever? Um, so, yeah, it's that's what's going on. People either don't care or, They'll pay attention. They'll listen to this show. And then they'll be like, well, I'm just one little person. There's not a darn thing I can do about any of this. So I might as well, whatever. It is what it is. I'll just shell out the additional whatever for that tax, this fee, that surcharge. Whatever, you know, just do it. You know, and that's really the majority of what, you know, at least what I'm seeing. You know, ba- ba- back in the old days, and correct me if I'm wrong, People
2: took more of a survivalist attitude, and I'm talking, you know, maybe 70 years ago. Uh, uh, People watched the money that they had when it came in, and they say, how do I allocate this money? How do I allocate these resources? And they walked things that were practical. It was typically food. They paid their rent or their mortgage if they had one. Very few people did at the time, Um, but they, they, they were very careful how they used those resources uh, my mother used to send me down to Morris's grocery store, which was right downstairs. I used to walk down the steps, take about five steps to the right, and bingo, I was in the grocery store. And I had a very specific item, line item of things, you know, three slices of ham, a half a pickle, you know, things like that. But people watched their resources very carefully, and they, bought, they only purchased those things that they needed. In fact, my, I recall my mother would go shopping twice a year. To Bloomingdale's and Macy's, because I used to go with her when I was a little kid. She used to drag me on the subway. We used to go all the way downtown, and it was a big day that those those were the two specialties for her, where she went shopping for a sweater or whatever. And today, that's daily. People don't have the money for it, but it makes no difference because they put it on their credit card, and they they max out one credit card, they get another one because they get more points that way. And it seems like we don't think the same way as the 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 old European work ethic. Demanded that, we we think, because they knew tomorrow may not be as rosy as today, so you better hunker down now before you're forced to. Now, am I being overly dramatic when I
4: say that? Not really. I mean, the problem is we today are too far removed from real hardship in this country. Now, you have to go back to the 1930s and early 1940s and a couple blips there in the 70s and early 80s where you know there were lines with the gas pumps and things like that uh, but we're too far removed uh, and the problem is you get a generation or two away from some of these big events you look at a history textbook you know in a, you know, in a high school or a college even uh, unless it's a, an economic or financial textbook you're going to hear very little about the Great Depression and what what that actually meant what what caused it what kept it going and the fact that basically the the thing was sustained by the federal reserve. Right. I mean, there was definitely a bubble before that, which was also, you know, engineered by the federal reserve because they were in charge of the money supply at that point. So they created the bubble, they popped it. And you know, the whole thing kind of collapsed. And then they, they put their foot on the neck of the American economy and held it down for many years. And then, of course, we needed a war to get out of it. You know, a war that, you know, where I'm going with that. Right. Andy, uh, Andy, can I interrupt for a second? We have
2: someone hanging on the, on the phone lines here. I think they might break in and ask a question. Can you hold on? Hold on. Caller area code 918. You're on the air. Your question or comment, please. Did we lose them? Can you hear me? Area code 918. Hi, you're on the air. Your question or comment, please.
0: Uh, Yes, I was wanting to know um, regarding his comment before about people not caring or just not, like, being encouraged enough to care. What if it's more of a social engineering in society that has caused that thinking amongst people? And then also on top of that, fear. Because, like you said, uh, well, it exists, but what can I do about it? Like, what if it's more than that? And then if it is something like that, would it be easy as teaching psychology like to the younger generation more that can possibly like help fix this situation. Also teach about economics and le- even if it's Keynesian economics or Marx or um um Austrian economics.
2: <clears throat> okay, may I have your first name, please? Kevin. 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 When uh, when you refer to um, uh, social engineering. What are you referring to? So maybe we can be a little Um, bit. Things
0: like, um, kind of like Gustav Liban or Anthony Bernays and kind of like how Hitler learned how to, like, control his society and kind of like how you got Hitler's youth. What if it's the same thing that's been done in America but on a soft core level, but Uh, it's still effective enough to create this type of reaction that they want to see and get out of people? Because, like, we have people in – I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted you.
0: Oh uh, no, you're fine. You have something to say?
2: No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, keep on going. <laughs>
4: you're
0: welcome. <of> <laughs> no, it's going. just the fact that I know that there are people out there that are trying to break past this barrier that the government and plus others have setting up because it's just that, it. like keeping the status quo keeps them in power, and it's kind of like the currency manipulation. It keeps them in power, no matter what it is. It can be manipulation of precious metals or commodities. It's the fact that it keeps them in power even if it's the mind, because humans at the end of the day are a commodity too when you divide workforce by power and then you create jobs and et cetera, et cetera. But it's the fact that what if it's a controlled pyramid scheme? And if that's the case, then we have to also put in the fact that this can also be a psychological attack that's being put on uh generation inside America right now to make us not care. Because I okay. know people my age, and kind of like Vitalik uh, Buterin inside cryptocurrency. He's trying to break through the – uh, fiat system by creating a th- Ethereum, and etc. Yeah. Well,
2: quite frankly, I'm, I'm on the same page that you're on. I agree with you. Let's see what the expert has to say. Andy, what do you have to say about that?
4: I'm not a psychologist, but I mean when you look at what's been done, I mean, they don't <laughs> they don't call it programming for nothing when you watch television.
0: <laughs> exactly. Tail live vision.
4: Touché. Yeah, I mean, he's you know, any of this could be could be possible. I I don't claim to to know the ins and outs of psychology or anything like that. I mean, I'm more of a aggregate numbers kind of guy, looking at you know what the consumer is doing as a whole. And what I'm seeing, and this probably plays into what both of you guys are talking about, is a consumer that 30, 35, 40 years ago abhorred debt they didn't they didn't want it they didn't want to they didn't want to be making payments you know it was kind of like a kind of like a scarlet letter if you were the one in the family that was making payments on whatever and now i completely agree in the household i'm
0: sorry i'm sorry go ahead uh, as I was about to say I completely agree. Even in the and even the households back then in America, we held silver and gold and other like things that we can touch of value. But it was like after the American dollar left the Britain Wood standards and moved into the petrol dollar and things like that, it's like our dollar decreased in value and it's like Work became almost meaningless. No matter how much we did, we had to take out another income or another mortgage, or it's gotten worse, or even for the millennial and X generation. Like, you have almost over 40 to 45% of Americans under 27 now living with their parents. And it's not that they don't try. It's just that the dollar has decreased in power value, and honestly, it's been challenged right now, and it's the world reserve currency by people like the BRIC system, like Britain – I mean, not Britain, but um, Brazil, Russia, China, India, and South America, uh, South Africa.
4: I mean, there's there's no doubt that the value of the dollar has killed it. And I've said all along that it's about labor at the end of the day. What they're doing is they're basically uh, creating you to devote more and more labor to maintain or keep your head above water in their fiat system. I mean, the dollar's lost 97% of its purchasing power since we put a central bank in charge of it. And I think that was done on exactly. purpose uh, to, for the benefit of a few at the cost of very many. Uh, and I, I don't think there's really a salient argument against that. Uh, since so to say that these people are morons, uh, while it sounds funny, uh, I don't believe they're morons at all. I think most of them are actually geniuses. And... You know, if this really is a social engineering feat like you guys were discussing, then, yeah, they are geniuses because they've hoodwinked most of the globe, you know, except for one, two, maybe three percent. Everybody else is on board, and they're they're going with the program. Um,
0: what think. would be your uh, –
2: No, get please, Kevin. Yeah, you have another question.
4: Please Uh, feel free to
2: ask.
0: um, ask For a person that's like trying to break past this paradigm, what would be your advice to some, like a millennial or someone else that's trying to like find something past just the work labor? Because all that do is just keep them in something of a hamster wheel. Like, what what could you suggest that person could do to like make money extra? Be it investing or um, house flipping or whatever it may be. Well.
4: Yeah. What you have to look at is it's not what you make, it's what you spend. And if people could do anything or one thing, they would sit down and examine what the true difference is between a need and a want economically. Mm -hmm. Uh, We say we need this, we need that, we need some other thing. What do we really need and what do we want? And then look at what's going out. Like I said, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. So if, if you want to have some additional money or additional currency, I should say, to devote towards things like buying real money, uh, silver, gold, palladium, platinum, things like that, then mm-hmm. you know there has to be a sacrifice. You've got to you know do it do it the Austrian way. You know you deprive yourself of consumption. Uh, the savings is capital, and that capital is allocated in some way. So whether you're buying um, you know, some kind of equipment to do a job to, to earn additional um, wealth that way or whatever you're using it for, that, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. We haven't sacrificed to the country. And our government, they're, they're right, right at the front end of the whole train, you know, when it comes to abusing uh, the future generations uh, with trillions of dollars of debt. But they'll never get paid off, not under this system. This system will have to go away. Something will replace it. Everything will amazingly get zeroed out. But guess what? People like us won't have anything. That's, that's what I believe the ultimate goal is. Yeah. I'd like
2: to that's add true. something. That I think today, Kevin, what we need to do is we need to invest in ourselves. When we go to college, we're investing in that college. That college is never investing back into us. Not today, it isn't. You know, oh, Unless you want to be, for example, I you want to be a
0: psychologist.
2: You know, you have to go to college to be be licensed uh, to to be an anesthesiologist. But for the most part, we're going and we're getting degrees in worthlessness. Then we we are led to believe through this this mind control program that these schools have that when you graduate college, you really should get a master's degree, go further into debt. And now, when you have a master's degree and a degree in worthlessness. <laughs> You can't find a job and you can't even change a spark plug in your car. You got a problem. Now
0: you're a master of being worthless. <laughs>
2: We have to invest in ourselves. Everyone has to develop something within themselves. Whatever turns you on, develop it. And I'll tell you, we, I've had this, co- tried, attempted to have this conversation dozens of times with teachers. I have never gone past sentence number one because they either break down, they cry, they get angry because they, they're protecting the system and they're protecting you know, their. Their I institut-
0: completely agree. And some don't like to realize that they don't know the material inside some of these books these days.
2: Oh, yeah. They, they don't even tell the truth. I mean, they, they, they tell you know, false history, and, and they exactly. always take out thoughts that are uncomfortable. I think we should teach things that are very, very uncomfortable so we learn by them. All we teach is fairyland stuff, and it really hacks me off. I think we should, first of all, close them down. Close them all down. Have the kids learn on their own. I'd rather see a kid grow up and become a good auto mechanic than have a degree in sociology and work for the government in some blah, blah program counseling uh, uh, kids. Because those kids should be working on cars or airplanes or mowing lawns or doing something or fixing stuff or creating something. Or even if it's computers, do it on your own. I'm sorry if I'm ranting now, I'm,
4: <laughs>
2: but I'm I, I, when it comes to the school system, I've had it. I think it's totally worthless. Totally, um, the people in the, in the school system make six-figure salaries and accomplish nothing. Do absolutely. Well, honestly, nothing.
0: I would have to say it's not entirely the school system's fault because I will say there was a quote I forgot who had said it, but he says, "I don't want thinkers, I want workers."
2: Ah and, good point.
0: And I honestly I think that reflects heavily into our school system right now because anybody can find a job anywhere. I'm sorry, you can go to school for a doctorate. You may end up working in McDonald's temporarily until you can find a job in your degree.
2: Now, but, only, if only if you're lucky you get a job at McDonald's today with a doctorate degree.
0: Yeah. But it's the fact that win or lose, they win and it's the fact they either get somebody in debt or they get another worker inside the cock system like be at yeah. school because school is important to an extent and it also helps because adults have to work but you never know what goes into your kids heart a uh, kid's head because you're constantly at work you never know what they're teaching in school because some parents just don't ask by the time they get home they want to cook dinner get the kid to bed et cetera. Et cetera. or sometimes the kid go hang out with a friend or sometimes the kids just don't listen to the parent
2: Yeah, here's, here's something you never hear from, hear from a from someone who's part of the system is that over one half of the billionaires, that's with a B, billionaires in this in this world never went to college because they saw the worthlessness in college because they didn't need it, you know, and they made something of themselves. In fact, Richard Dawson, you know, he was at one time the fourth, say fourth richest man in the world, never went to high school because he's dyslexic. Now he's mm-hmm. putting... He's, he's building a rocket to go to Mars, I mean, or the moon, or whatever, you know, a personal rocket. Yeah, you know? Mars
0: 21 project. Um, you know, I, you know so out a, correlation
2: huh. between school and success. None whatsoever. It's a waste of time, a waste of money. And because the, the governments now are pumping all this money into the school system, what used to cost $35 a credit hour is now $550 a credit hour. You can't win that, and you'll never make it up. Okay, we got to uh, go on. Kevin, thank you very much for calling in. Certainly appreciate right, listening you listening to the Thank you very much. Andy, what do you think of that?
4: Well, I'm the first person that you've talked to that's a teacher that you get past the second sentence that I don't cry or <laughs> run into the corner and suck my thumb because oh, I don't I totally they, they do that. They,
2: they, they do that. They literally cry when I, but I ask, but I'm a very polite. I don't come across like this. I come very politely. I, say, I have a question to ask you. And I asked them a question. I said, oh, this is just a general question about our school system. They get angry. They cry. They walk away. They, they cannot even handle the question. How could they teach a subject when they can't handle a simple question?
4: Well, and, again, you know, going back to what you guys were talking about earlier, if that's part of the plan, if they want laborers or you know debtors, uh, what better way to do it than to ensure a kid – comes out of a school system at 18 and can't tie their shoes. Yeah, that's you right. Know, mm-hmm. You, you look at you look at colleges today and you look at some of the classes that these kids are made to take before they're even allowed to take college classes, they're taking math classes that my 13-year-old has already mastered right. the material. And these, these guys are in college? I mean, it's just, it's been taught to us in Beaten in our heads that college is a birthright. Uh, you know, it's the only way you can make money. Uh, you know, if you go to college, you're X percent more likely to make double than somebody who didn't go. And there's more and more examples where that's not true anymore, especially if you're a tradesman or you're good with your hands. It'd be a carpenter, electrician, um, welders, uh, car auto mechanics, all those kind of trade kind of jobs. First of all, they can't be outsourced. Right. You know, you're not going to outsource plumbing. You you can't outsource the building site to China to have the plumbing done and then have it sent back. So you're kind of creating a little job security. Uh, If I had it to do all over again, I would have never gone. I would have done what my grandfather did and opened a little garage and fixed cars. Honestly, I would have never gone to college. Right. Me too. I'm the same way.
2: I'm the same way. I think the same way. I regret not going to school, you know, taking uh, auto engineering because I, I always wanted to be part, part of a racing team or drag racing team and travel around the country. But my father almost killed me when he found out that was, that's what I was doing. <laughs> that's a long story, but that's, that's the truth. Um, you know, for example, um, uh, I wonder how many young men are told if you really want to make big money, really big money, you know, take a course in diesel mechanics Get yourself a job in, in in repairing diesel engines here in the states, and then go to Alaska. You can start at one hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. No one's told that. They have no idea that exists.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, again, it's a system that you know. If you looked at college, oh, well, how many years ago, whenever it was that that I was getting ready to go back in the eighties. You know, state school tuition here in Pennsylvania. If you worked your butt off during breaks and during the summer, you could almost cover your tuition yeah. for the year. And now, you're lucky if you can cover your room and board by working your butt off yeah. during breaks and summer and what have you. You know, it's and then it's because the government has subsidized the whole system by guaranteeing student loans. They will give anybody a loan almost. You know, unless you did absolutely nothing your entire academic life, you can get a student loan. And they train you early. You need to be in debt. You need this to go forward. And, you know, like Kevin was saying, you know, this could very well be part of some sort of a, you know, social engineering project. Put it this way. It wouldn't surprise you. Given what some of the other crap is that these people have pulled off over the, the generations and so forth. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, it's a matter of dependency. I mean, what, once once you're in
2: debt, then you look to the politicians say, "How do I get out of debt?" And the the, the politicians say, "Well, if you vote for me, I'm going to do this, this, and that. You know, to alleviate your debt or make it easier or whatever, or get some it's subsidy, talk- whatever." So they're always they're always looking t- towards the. The the, the the political arena, you know, to solve their problems when the political arena is the one that created their problems in the first place, and they can't see
4: that. Yeah, that's the last place you want to look for a solution to anything. I mean, government is, is the most government. Think about a way If you have a charity, all right, and you're gonna, you know, we've had these hurricanes and they've done a lot of damage, and and you have all these charities that are, you know, racing in to assist people, and that's that's very good. That that's very good. Um but here's the problem. When you give a dollar to a charity, you know, they have to have a staff, they have an office building, they have overhead, they have you know, fleet of trucks, so forth and so on. Well, all of those things pull away from that dollar. And by the time it gets down to the guy at the end of the the end of the road, you know, who's got a tree falling across his house and, and needs some lumber to you know to get a roof going again, you know, there's you know, maybe thirty or forty cents left. The best thing you could do is find out you know somebody who's in need and just and give some money directly, help them directly. Right. And that's kind of the way government is. Government taxes absorbs a huge amount of the taxes with its overhead. You know, you got these jerks flying, uh, you know, chartered planes. all oh, there's a big scandal about that now. You know, they're worried about. Three hundred thousand dollars because some schlep you know took a few private plane rides instead of flying a commercial. We got trillions going missing at the Pentagon. Nobody even cares. Yeah. Nobody wants to even ask the question. Uh, and it's only six point five trillion.
2: You know, uh, Emily, the girl who, who's uh, the bookkeeper for the uh, Defense Department, she she probably just forgot to put it on the page. It's like point five trillion. She probably forgot to write it down last Thursday. Why are you picking on the poor woman? What's the matter with you? You have no heart. I know. I'm mean. I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they make it sound that way, like, you know, oh, Emily forgot to write down $6.5 trillion. Oh, wait, well, well, we'll put it in tomorrow, you know, of course, then we forget about it.
4: I'm going like, to tell you this what, is the girl, clown, girl. this is the some... clown city. If some girl called Emily calls in this show, you're on your own, pal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I'll bet you it's not the Emily that made the $6.5 trillion oh. era. <laughs> Uh, you know, and they make it sound like it's one line item, like they just forgot to b- book it, you know, and it went on the wrong sheet of paper, went under the desk, you know, 6.5 trillion dollars is probably, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of items, you know, and you can't misplace hundreds of thousands, except it's for my, my uh, 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 the, the gal who does my scheduling, she, she can screw up 600,000 items, you know, very, very easily, all in one day, you know, but aside from her, there's no one else in the world that can do that. I'm saying that because she's here now. I can say it to her face, you know?
4: You know, she's going to throw something at you. I, I, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, no, I, I am. am. It, 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 but you see, this is where we're, our focus is steered. Our focus is steered to, and I forget what department the guy belongs to. I don't even remember his name. I just remember hearing about it. And, and thinking how ridiculous it is that people are up in arms over $300,000, which is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. When you have to go and break your back to earn that, it's a heck of a lot of money. But when you look at that in the scope of, you know, $100 trillion, $200 trillion of unfunded liabilities moving forward, I mean, it's nothing. It's like shooting a BB gun at a freight train. Uh, but it's, it's, our focus is steered towards these things. And it's, that's, yeah, that's what I said, they call it programming. And did you ever notice that you have all these quote unquote, supposedly independent news networks and their big stories are always the same every single day. You ever noticed that? It's not that uh, you know, they're, they're all talking about different things going on. It's always, right. the headline is always the same. Right. Across the board. Right.
2: You know, my, 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 uh, My Subaru died about a year ago, and it was a, what year was it, a 2000, 2000, 2009, no, no, it wasn't a 2009, no, no. 1996, 1996 Subaru, it only had 291,000 miles, so it was still in the break-in period, what I call a break-in period, okay, and um, what happened is that it had aluminum heads, and the heads got pitted, and... Gas was spewing out of it and, the whole, and they couldn't find a new engine because it was a very limited run engine that they use in Doom buggies, actually. Anyway, so I had to buy another car and I bought an old, um, I wanted a van so I could put my bikes in this and my wife and I can go biking. And I bought a 2002 Toyota Sienna, all right, uh, van and 5000 bucks. right? My son went nuts. One of my sons, they all went nuts. You know, where'd you buy an old car for? You could have bought, you could buy an, a Lamborghini. Why don't you buy a Lamborghini? I said because I'm saving my money so I can buy the Lamborghini dealership. I, this is what you're saying, and I'm telling you the truth. This is not a the true story. This is a, The comp says. no, I want to buy the dealership. I don't want to buy a car. I want to buy the dealership you know? But but this is what you were saying. People don't sit there, they don't save for the future, they don't watch themselves, they don't, they don't have a net worth like they did years ago. My father came here with nothing, absolutely nothing, not a dime in his pocket, didn't speak the language, nothing, got jobs in factories where they beat the hell out of him because he didn't speak English and the whole bit, and yet he became successful because he always invested in himself and his family. Well,
4: that's the problem, too. I mean, we've also been conditioned or we've conditioned ourselves, you know, regardless of how you want to look at it, instant gratification. You know, it's not that we have to have it. We have to have it now. And when you start talking about actual money, you know, forget dollars. You know, when you start talking about, you know, let's just talk about capital. It's all about time. You know, an hour of work now, is it worth more than an hour of work 10 years from now? You know, or is the capital that's foregone now worth more than the capital is foregone ten years from now. It's all timing is everything when it comes to these kinds of decisions, and we've totally lost our sense of that. And part of it's this, it's, it's it's a multi-pronged issue. Part of it you can blame uh, the academic system for, and I'm talking about K through graduate school. Uh, I have one decent professor in graduate school uh, that kind of got the light bulb going. Uh, for me, and that was it. I mean, the rest of them—they were—you know, you, you could have gotten them out of a cookie cutter. They were all the same, all—all all the same nonsense, and they couldn't answer any of the questions because they didn't have any answers. So the, the, the whole—the the whole base of thinking was flawed. Um, so, you know, you can blame that, but we got to look in the mirror too, because somewhere, you know, we have a sense of right and wrong, right? You know, most people understand that it's not wrong to kill or it's not right to kill somebody. Uh, So there's that innate sense there. We also have an innate sense of, we have a BSO meter, if you will, um, built in. And people just, they're ignoring it. They're totally ignoring it when it comes to to financial stuff. It's got to be big. It's got to be now. And I don't care what the future is for that. You know, you give an example, 20-year-old guy here in town, uh, bought a $40,000 truck, uh, borrowed the whole 40000 and his interest rate's like 22% or something crazy like that? Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, and again, you go in to buy a car, it's not how much can you afford anymore how much you want to pay for the car. It's how much can you afford to pay a month. It's a totally different way of looking at it a totally different mentality and there are people they don't care if they pay three hundred dollars a month for the rest of their life on a car you don't have to do that that's the thing it but it takes a little sacrifice yes uh, and people aren't willing to do it for whatever reason whether it's been socially engineered into them whether we've just become so far disconnected from economic calamity excuse me and you know, you know and, uh, hardship or whatever maybe it's some combination or maybe it's some other thing that we're not even thinking about but for whatever reason uh, we have this apathy and this learned helplessness that all right well I'm just going to sit here and do my thing and you know I'll keep paying it and not, you know I guess I can't do it and I guess I'll just have to pay it and You know, at least the Europeans, you know, they'll they'll turn over some cars and do a little bit of demonstrating. You know, you look at the, you know, some of the riots that have gone on, and I'm not saying that that's the solution because that doesn't get you anywhere either, generally, unless you want to get shot at with rubber bullets. Uh, But, you know, at least they're aware. You know, the Greeks, when all the austerity was going through, I mean, what were they doing? Were they watching soccer matches? No, they were out on the streets. You know, they were at least aware and concerned about what was going on. Not in America. I mean, this whole debt ceiling joke, how many times have we blown through that illegally? I mean, there's laws that the feds made, again, you know, to curtail themselves, and they ignore their own laws, and nobody says anything. Nobody cares. Oh, well, that's government. I I don't know anything about government. Uh, You know, I know who George Washington was, but... I don't know anything about government. Well, you know what Washington stood for? No, because nobody was ever taught that. Yeah, he sailed across the Delaware River. Okay, what else? He was the first president. Okay, what else? Well, his name's on the dollar bill. Okay, what else? Guess what? He didn't want to be king. They went through this bloody revolution, and then people wanted to make Washington a king, and he said, what are you people, stupid? You don't get it? We didn't do this so we could have another king. Right. Exactly right. And Washington was very against central banks. Jefferson, very much against central banks. Nobody paid attention to the writings of those guys. You know, we study a little bit about them. And, yeah, Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, and he was on the committee of, I guess it was five guys, you know, that whole thing. You know people think five guys now it's a burger joint, not five guys who wrote the, <laughs> the, the most defining document in human history. yeah you know it, that's the thing. It's unless you want to really learn and get into this stuff on your own, you're never going to find it. Your path will never intersect with that intelligence, that knowledge, that awareness, that information unless you actively seek it because it is not out there for dissemination. Well, isn't this becoming exasperated
2: with uh, our new president, President Trump, where um, the people are under the illusion that he's this brilliant businessman and he can solve all the the nation's uh, monetary problems because he's so successful? You know, he only filed bankruptcy six times. We'll forget about that. And, you know, so so we don't have to worry anymore because we have this 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 the superhuman person in office, you know, and, and we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, I had, uh, 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 well, I'll mention his name. Rick Rule was on the program last week. And, and I asked him, I said, what did you think of um, uh, Donald Trump? You think he's a, uh, uh, make a good president because he's a good businessman? He says, no, he's a wheeler dealer. <laughs> like, he's not a businessman. And I, and I said, I think he said wheeler dealer. And I, I may be misquoting him, but, but I felt the same way. The guy's a, a wheeler dealer. That guy really scared me, but yet people are – I think it falls into what you're saying. People actually believe what they see. They hear. They believe it. They don't want to be be confused with the facts. They just want to believe what they see. And here's a guy who tells them all these wonderful things. He says, blue one day, red the next day, and everyone says, well, that was a different story. They don't want to know the differences. They, They don't confuse them with facts. They just want to believe. They don't want to know.
4: Well, they, yeah, and, and that's what they all do, really. Uh, you know, the one before him was the same, and, you know, the Cowboy was the same. You know, it's, it's, it's a new face. It's a new, uh, you know, set of whatever, you know, paradigms, whatever you want to call them. Uh, politics is a waste of time. Uh, nothing will be solved with politics. Uh, Politics creates problems, but it doesn't fix problems. Um, You know, politicians the same way. Um, You want to fix a problem, you want to fix the problem in this country. I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. Look in the mirror. Fix what you can fix. Right. Fix your own situation. Stop making monthly payments. Uh, Get out of debt. I think If people would would start by doing that, uh, we'd solve half the nation's problems. And another thing, put some of these frigging colleges out of business. These colleges have 50 and 60 billion dollar endowments, and all they're pushing is socialist, Marxist crap. And it's you know it's uh, okay. So that's the professor's opinion. That's great, but the college won't hire anybody who has an opposing opinion. You don't get to hear both sides, and that's 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 you know where where I'm coming from. I was lucky. I got to hear the other side of the story, and I got to make an intelligent decision. Most people don't get that chance. Right. Yeah. You get one side and that's it. And then by the time you walk out of there, well, that's what you know. Yeah. You're an expert in, in one side of an argument. You've never even heard. You don't even know the other side even exists. Yeah. You know, you've been taught this as if it's, you know, like you said, it's like it's a religion. Yeah. You know, economics is a religion. Politics is a religion. Uh, all of these things are. Uh, and they're very polarizing, too. It's very hard to discuss any of this stuff with people uh, who don't see the things go the same way you do, because everybody's dogmatic about it. Uh, we're, like, we're like that by nature. Uh, nobody wants to admit they're wrong. So if you voted a certain way back last November, <clears throat> now you're regretting it inside, but you're not going to admit that to the guy next door because you can't have voted for a loser uh, or somebody who's not keeping their promises or somebody who never intended to keep any of the promises or whatever the case may be, we can't be wrong. We're not big. We're not man enough, or woman enough, whatever enough to stand up and say, "You know what? This guy fed us a pack of lies. The guy before us fed us a pack of lies. I'm sick of all of you bums, and I want all of you out of there. How's that?" Yeah, I, like I, I think Sally wants to
2: say comment about our fascist president, Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Well, excuse oh, me, yeah. So, excuse me, Andy. Ms. again
4: when
1: he, when he starts slamming Trump I not slamming him I'm just I'm I'm, I'm just introducing not, him not a He's good a fascist
2: president. I mean, look at the facts. But go yeah, Please, you you've not, got the mic. Take it
1: over. He's not a, a good businessman. Let me tell you to, just today he accepted the resignation of uh, Tom Price. Tom Price. Right. Um uh, because he spent too much on his air travel. No, that was the guy. and okay. yeah, and it was um, it, it, it was more toward a million dollars that he spent on Oh, oh a million a trillion uh, yeah, not three hundred thousand, but it was more like a million. So, so is that I, not a good so, businessman? I mean, he he jumped in there, and they don't say this on the news. They just said he resigned, but I'm sure he was uh, encouraged to uh, resign. And Trump's looking at everybody, well, wait, and he's telling wait, Sally, them Wait, let me your question. You can't what, do this. What president since the time the time the airplane
2: was invented and built? All right, <laughs> from the time the airplane, what president has traveled the most thus far? Unnecessarily,
1: unnecessarily. Joe, we need to find out. Oh, I can tell you, uh, Trump,
2: Trump uh, beats them all. I mean, you can take five presidents in a row, he already beat five presidents in a row. So here's a guy calling the kettle black, you know? I love that. You know, this guy, you know, um, uh, Susie Q in California stubs a toe. He has to fly out there, look at her toe to make sure, oh, to console her. You know, come on, please.
1: We're, what getting, a bunch,
2: we're getting up. You, you big, no socialists. you're all bad. You're all bad. Help you're us, Andy. Bad. Help Obama, you to go to Broadway. Wait, so, Just, No, but believe it or not, I know, Trump Trump Trump. know we, we have Obama Andy? haters here. And I don't listen. I thought Obama was a horrible president. But so far, so far, look, look at the Nine. mileage logs. Look at the mileage logs. Uh, Ob, uh, Trump has beat Obama. <laughs> So like two thirds to one, okay. Counting all the times Michelle Obama went to
1: Spain, what and all her little vacations. Did she use their words for that? Uh oh, well, Can you hear I, all I, that, Andy? <laughs> I'm just
2: saying that they're all bad. I mean, he can't be a good businessman. He's he, very good if he's a good businessman, he would know he, one thing a good businessman mm-hmm. says, Let me see your source and disposition of yeah. funds, let me see your PL statement. Me, that's, that's what, what he's to, done. That's what, no. Oh yeah, that's if he exactly did he'd say he, he would say what? He would say we're broke We are bankrupt He wouldn't get on the plane every five minutes he, to go somewhere He has
1: told everybody in all of these departments See where you can cut expenses And Why hasn't he cut the it. expenses? Why, so, why
2: has he increased the expenses?
1: He hasn't increased yes, the expenses Yes he has He's traveled more but, than any president Andy, so far Andy, I'll leave it to you to find the numbers for us Okay I don't care how, every, how many presidents How
4: many miles? I know we're 240 trillion dollars in actual debt when you actually use generally accepted accounting principles, and I know that every time the government clicks, every second that number keeps getting bigger. And there's not any guy, any girl, or any creature from anywhere on this planet that's going to change that. And they can say, you know, oh well, it was a million dollars versus 300,000. Again. It's like, it's like taking a squirt gun, shooting it into the Atlantic Ocean, and saying, "I made a difference today."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are right.
4: That, <laughs> that's that's politicians. That's what they're all. That's what they all do. And, and notice, I'm saying all of them. Mm-hmm. They all do it. Oh well, my office cut 17 percent from our budget. Big what? And you voted for, you know, 10 bills or whatever. You know that that's spent us even further down the road to bankruptcy. I mean, if there's somebody that's going to take us into bankruptcy, I mean, this is the guy to do it. Let's go, it's, yeah. Let's clean yeah, it up. Yeah,
2: he
1: does. You know,
2: <laughs> no, Trump. is a, is an expert in bankruptcy. I it's agree. Good. I it's mean, he, we're oh. going to go bankrupt under Trump, and he's the right man for the job. Now, oh. let me let me ask you this: In the ad, just today on the on on um, on Fox News, whatever that's supposed to mean, it's not really news. It's Fox propaganda
1: It Um, is good news oh good news
2: good news yeah it's like it's good like like take the cyanide this is pure cyanide it's good for you but better than uh, everybody else uh, uh so here we go you know and and they're talking as if everything is fine everything is fine everything is going great um you know if if you didn't know anything if you just shoved yourself in front of the TV set and you knew nothing about the United States, you would think that we have an account surplus, a, a, a surplus in trade, um, no debt. No, no, everything was great it, and, and it's, the market's going to keep on going up. There's no stopping it. it. It couldn't be better. And I'm looking, I'm saying, they don't talk about any, anything in reality. They don't talk about the balance sheet, what we owe, the problems we have. The, yeah. They talk about, you know, oh, we've increased our, our, our production. Yeah, because we're making more bombs, because we're killing more people. But they don't want to know that. They just want to give you the numbers that look good.
4: <laughs> well, it's green arrows and red arrows. And it's been, like I said, the average person has been taught that you can't understand economics because it's too complicated. You have to go to school to be able to understand economics. Uh, your father... My father, our grandfathers understood economics better than anybody today, right. and That's they can true. go to any schools. Yeah. They don't have any fancy degrees, nothing like that. Um, you, you don't need to. It's really not that hard. Uh, when you spend more than you make, you're going to go into debt, and the more you go into debt, the harder you have to work to pay out of it, and, or you know, you're going to have to get more jobs. Think of government as a household. What happens when a household goes into debt? Well, you know, they start racking up credit and they're paying interest on that credit and and all those same types of things. The only difference is, you know, where the consumer has to call up whatever bank is sponsoring their Visa or MasterCard and ask for a credit increase. Congress just gives itself one. Mm -hmm. We're Congress. We make the rules. So we say, well, you know, that debt ceiling was what? I don't know a trillion dollars back in 1986. Well, now, now, you know, we need to increase it again because we really just can't get a handle on on any of this spending. And it's all because that jerk that just gave his resignation flew too many miles on on the plane. It's his fault. That's that's the the rationale that they they want you to use. We're going to blame that one guy for, you know, decades of, economic malfeasance. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Politics and discussing it, like I said before you guys started arguing, is a total waste of time. Well, you
2: know, uh, you know, he's calling the kettle black. He's firing someone for flying too much, and he, he flies at the drop of a hat for unnecessary reasons. We have a caller on the line, 918. Your first name, please. Do you have a question or comment for us? Caller, you're on the air.
1: Okay.
2: Hello, uh,
3: Joe. This is Lloyd.
2: Lloyd, can you thank hear you me? For yes, we can hear okay. you now.
3: Okay, a little bit of trouble there. Okay, I just wanted to correct a couple of things. Uh, one thing: oh, we're not you going bankrupt,
2: I'm never wrong, Lloyd. I'm telling you, you can't be correcting me because I'm always be right. Ahead. I want you to know that. Okay,
3: see, we went bankrupt in 1933, and we have never <laughs> come out of that bankruptcy. Uh, what we did in like, what was it, 1936, they got to give us the Social Security number. We are the backing for the bonds that uh, support supported the dollar up until the Bretton Woods Court, and they still do today. You know, They issue bonds on our Social Security numbers. But uh, no, we've been bankrupt since '33, and all of the people in Congress, they simply manage the bankruptcy. They're not doing laws like you think. They're still managing the bankruptcy. And so when you say we're going bankrupt, we're going bankrupt into a a, a more or less a bankrupt bankruptcy. Uh, And I wanted to correct Andy on one little thing there. Andy, forgive me, but you said Washington was against central banks. Uh, Really, if you read history, and I'm kind of a history buff, but uh, Washington was really uh, enamored with Hamilton's brilliance. And Hamilton wanted a central bank. And against the advice of, other, of, of the other politicians, he went along with Hamilton to be able to pay the, the debts that we owed to France. And uh, maybe Spain – I don't know if Spain ever loaned us the money, but I know France. Of course, we never did end, end up doing it anyway. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to interject that a little bit.
2: Andy, did you hear that?
4: Yeah, I, I'll dig up my sources
1: and bring them. <laughs> Andy, I have, a, I have a question back to the the little person because that's always been my lifestyle: the little person struggling, suffering, starving. <clears throat> People now, uh, you know, talking about credit, using credit. Um, if if we need something, what you're saying is save up for it. My question is, today, what do people do? I mean, if, you're, if you save some money and put it in a bank, you earn zero interest on that. There's no incentive anymore to to no. set up a savings account because they don't yeah, they, pay you anything. They, want, they
4: want you to invest in the stock market. That's
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. what if you just save money? I mean, are we talking about putting it in a jar? Because even if you wanted to buy a gold coin, we're talking, what, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars for a coin, one ounce, the so silver would be a little more pliable. But what what's a good answer for people today who want to save some money? Where's our best shot?
4: The whole thing is not about money. It's about labor. So trade labor.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: That's really the best advice uh, if you're able to do so. Uh, that, that's where, what Joe was saying before, people who have skills, that's that's where that comes in handy. Uh, just because the money has been corrupted uh, with dirty money, basically. So, you know, the bills we carry, uh, the digitized currency. I'm not talking cryptocurrency. I'm talking about digital money, digital dollars, because only a very small percentage exists as cash. The rest of it's digital. Uh, so the whole, the whole monetary system has been corrupted. So when you're looking at that, I mean, yeah, you have to interface with that system uh, at certain points, what you need to do is, if, you're, if you can do it, minimize the number of points where you intersect with uh, the corrupt monetary system. And basically it comes down to, you know, in, in neighborhoods, uh, if there's like-minded people around, form co-ops, um, you know, do things for each other, you know, doing, you know take things in trade. Uh, you know, the, the problem with trade is Uh, you know, the coincidence of wants. You know, if I have a car and Joe has a tractor and I really want that tractor, but Joe has no need for my car, that transaction is not going to take place. Uh, That's one of the things that money was intended to lubricate uh, was it it was meant to eliminate that uh, coincidence of wants uh, scenario. Uh, So now if you're going to go off and a little group and form your own currency, then you're going to have problems with the with the government because, you know, they've declared that, uh, that the U.S. dollar is the only lawful money that's good for use in the United States. Yeah, you got to be careful with that, too. But basically, even going simpler than that, the average family, I don't know how many nights they eat out, probably two, three, four, some people. I know people eat out every night. Cut that in half and you're going to save a bunch of money. You're going to save a bunch of currency. And then when you take that currency, pay off some debt. And it takes. And that's the problem, too. People are so far in debt, they're looking at, all right, well, I can do this much a month if I, if I don't do this, 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 and this. I can save X number of dollars a month, and it's going to take me five years to pay my way out of debt. Uh, I'm not even going to bother. It's not worth it. I'm not, it's not worth it to me to even try uh, they, don't, they don't see the value in, in being out of debt. That's the problem. There's, there's, there's no value seen because it's been built into us from a very young age with those student loans. That's when it starts. Uh, or kids seeing their parents, you know, always in debt, writing checks, making minimum monthly payments on furniture, cell phones, game systems, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, that's been kind of beaten out of us. You know, it's good not to be in debt. Uh, So you have to change your way of thinking first. And the second thing is it didn't take you uh, one night to get uh, that far into debt. It took probably years, so it's not going to solve itself in a day. So it's something you have to be willing to commit to and make a a change in your lifestyle. Really, your whole outlook on on how you live your life financially has got to change for any of that to really take hold. And Frankly, for most people, it's too much. They just they won't do it. Um, people who are listening to this show, I would I would hope that they're among the group that would be able to. Probably most of them already are. Most of them are already out of debt as it is, uh, which is why they're listening. So it's kind of a kind of a Zen riddle here, <laughs> you know. But if we if we're talking to anybody that is thinking about uh, college, going into debt. Go and find out if there's going to be a job for you first and then find out what kind of degree that job requires and does it need to be a marquee degree or can it be, you know, from a a small state school where you spend a quarter of the money and end up with the same job. You have to do homework and that's the problem. Nobody does homework. We just go out and we do. Uh, And it's almost like there's no consequences and there are tremendous consequences and, and we're living we're living with those right now. And that's, you know, the, the first caller, Kevin, you know, the dollar's worth very, very little. Um, you need to earn more of them to to do anything. That's where it comes back to labor and that's what it's all about. They don't want your paper currency. They want your labor. That's ultimate commodity is your however many hours a day you can labor. And these guys, these oligarchs, um, at the top of the food chain monetarily, that's what they're after. They don't care about your currency because it's worthless. They do their transactions in gold. And while Washington was in favor of Hamilton's plan uh, because he felt responsible that the debt needed to be paid off, he was not an advocate of central banking. Uh, He was an advocate of, and you could perhaps call it a compromise, for that instance, to, to pay off war debt. Um, he felt that we needed to start off on a fresh foot, you know, and start out with a clean slate. So, um, and you can look at 10 different books on Washington, and you'll see a bunch of different things there. You need to look at the writings of these own, these guys made of themselves. Read Jefferson's work. Uh, he loathed central banks. He has several very famous quotes. Uh, something about being homeless on the continent, there are forefathers conquered. Uh, is one of them. Uh, if we gave ourselves over to a central bank and that's what we did, then that's what we've done. We're homeless. Yeah, we have homes, but we don't own them. The Chinese own them. What do you mean the Chinese own them? They own the bonds. They own the mortgages. Other people do. We don't own anything, really. Uh, do you own your car? Probably not. A bank probably does. Well, well, I have the title here, Try Not Paying Your Vehicle Registration until you own your car then. So how much do you really owe? You know, and if we had, and I'm going to say this, I don't care who it ticks off, if we had any kind of a president that had any kind of castanets or any kind of courage or a spine or even an ounce of business sense, that's the first thing they would do. They would get rid of this nonsense that says you can't have private property in this state because one of the ten planks of the Communist Manifesto is the elimination of private property. Every one of these freaking presidents is all about it including the one that sits there now. He is not a good businessman. He never was. He's an expert at going broke and running the system and gaming it, as Joe said, Rick Rule uh, played out. And the guy before him, a bozo, a charlatan, a wannabe. Same same thing, different flavor. Same kind of
2: rotten. Well, we have about a couple minutes to go, if that much. About a minute and a half to go, I guess, right? Well, How many?
4: 20 seconds. On one. 20, on, on
2: one platform, only 20 seconds to go. All right. What, what's, what's your prediction for the near future?
4: It'll, we'll keep modeling along. That's, that's, the, that's the plan that's been laid but out. Is, is, there's got to be a point where the,
2: the weight of the debt, the, 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 the uh, imbalance of our balance sheet is, is such that Something gives. Something's got to give. There's always going to be that spark, you know, the snowflake theory that um, uh, Jim Ricketts talks about, you know, you know that we don't know what snowflake it'll be, but it'll be that one snowflake that weighs hardly nothing that moves another snowflake and the whole mountain comes down. Um, where do you think that's going to be? When do you think it's going to be? Do you have any, any feel for that yourself?
4: I don't offer any kind of time predictions because they're often fruitless. Uh, we see a lot of people offering time-based predictions every year around this time. Yeah, oh, I know, they, never, they never write. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it, it must sound cool or something. I don't know. Uh, I think, personally, that the economic snowflake is going to end up being caused by something that happens abroad, something geopolitical, some sort of tension. I mean, there's so much tension uh, between countries now, more than, more than ever. And that's another thing they're really not talking about on the news. You know, Congress has an investigation going into the Russians, and, you know, they're, they're still saying the Russians hacked the election back last year. Uh, I'm saying it doesn't really matter if they did or didn't. You were going to get the same thing regardless. Right. And I know people find that really hard to believe, but guess what? It's been proven out too many times. Yep. You're talking about Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi. It right. doesn't really matter. They're both bad for you, and they
2: both claim to be good for you. Right. <laughs> All right, Andy. Our time is now up. I want to thank you so much for being on our program. We had a lot of fun. Of course, we we badgered my uh, uh, my scheduler who came to the studio today <laughs> because she likes to be punished, uh, and she should be punished uh, for the way she I'm thinks, quite frankly. And happy she's also happy holiday. to be here. I want to thank you very much for being on our program, and we'll be talking to you soon. And we'll be working on something to see where we're going to go from here.
4: Okay. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me okay. on. I appreciate it as
2: always. Thank you, Andy. Take care now. Yep. Folks, Bye. this is the end of today's broadcast. We'd like to thank our
4: sponsors for the financial support, and
2: we'd like to thank you for listening in. You can further the cause of liberty by recommending this program to your friends and let us hear from you. Our email address is just as comments at libertytalkradio.com. Remember, as my wife would say, you're either allowing your liberties to be taken away or you're striving to protect them. Unfortunately, there is no middle ground. Until next time, this is Joe Cristiano. Stay well. Stay
1: tuned. summer,
4: and she to
1: again.